rolling into hour number two here on the Big Talker FM, BigTalkerFM.com as part of our Freedom Friday broadcast. Weekly, we salute our troops just after 7.30, paying tribute to the servicemen and women and their families of this great country. Talking all things local over the next uh, 90 minutes moving from 8.30 till 10 o'clock with Bill Cameron of the Partnership Advisory Group, Cameron Moore of the Wilmington Cape Fear Home Builders Association. But there's one thing for certain. We are the only media outlet here in North Carolina this morning getting a live report from the World Economic Forum that's been going on in Davos, Switzerland. And providing us that insight this morning is Yael Lasowski from the Consumer Choice Center. Consumer Choice Radio airs at 10 o'clock Saturday mornings here on the Big Talker FM. We had to shake up the schedule just a bit. Yael usually rounds out our broadcast at 9.30. But because he's ahead of us just a bit time-wise in Switzerland, we decided that we would bump him up to the 8 o'clock time slot here this morning to give us a little insight on what the world elites were talking about this week at the Economic Forum in Davos. Yael, it's great to have you back on the program. Good morning. Good morning to you, Joe. Thanks so much for having me on. So is that altitude or is that sickness this morning that I hear in your voice? Good, sir. I believe it's a good mixture of both. Uh, there's not much air up here, a lot of snow, a lot of cold, and a lot of uh, very rich people from around the world, I'll tell you that. And, uh, well, you may or may not be one of them. I mean, flying around all over the world. We talked to you to in Vienna, from Charlotte to Vienna to Switzerland. Uh, I mean, you're all over the place. Uh, uh, you must really enjoy your job. Uh, you do have a young daughter. What's the wife have to say about all of this? Well, I think we both believe a lot in the mission, uh, a lot in freedom, and a lot in trying to propagate these ideas around the world. So that's something I've dedicated my life to. I could very much be uh, working in North Carolina and have a very steady job at the local newspaper, but instead I kind of acted on trying to carry out the ideas I believe in. So because of that, my wife supports me, family supports me, and uh, thanks to that that I get to talk to people like you, Joe. So I think... uh, (laughs) Overall, it's a pretty good bargain. Come on. Even with, uh, what is she, uh, 14, 16 months old, uh, you're going to tell me that your wife is all on the up and up with you in Davos hanging out with the world's elites while she's changing dirty diapers? <laughs> oh, let's just say there's a little bit of an exchange of vacations coming up. So no, don't worry about no that. No doubt. Hey, it's all about the, you know, uh, you got to give some to get some. That's how it works in the world of marriage, no doubt. Uh, Yael, so give us a little, you know, uh, insight to what what is it like to hang around and be bumping shoulders with uh, some very well, we'll call them important people but definitely very rich people that uh, are up there in davos and have been throughout the week yeah and to give the some background to your listeners it's the world economic forum uh, it's based here in this very very small ski village uh, that's about two hours south of zurich and what happens here in davos is essentially a Huge meeting of some of the top world leaders, business leaders, CEOs, activists. They come together for the official World Economic Forum conference. Uh, You might have seen some clips of President Trump speaking. You have different company heads there, big CEOs, and even Greta Thunberg from Sweden who's speaking. So that's on the main stage. Uh, But really why we're here, Consumer Choice Center itself sees that there's a lot of value because we can reach a lot of these people. And we don't necessarily need to go to the main stage. Our approach is we're a bit more rebellious. Uh, We like to rent a nice little restaurant on the big side of the mountain, get people up in the sky. 
and talk about the ideas that matter, consumer choice, uh, specifically when it comes to cannabis, when it comes to vaping, when it comes to all the big ideas that we're campaigning on. So for us, it's actually a great method to meet a lot of these people at very low cost. I know that sounds strange, but it is true because they're all here in town. And if all these uh, very important and influential CEOs, billionaires, and world leaders are going to be in Davos, hey, we might as well reach them, might as well give them the message of consumer choice and freedom, and I think we can do that pretty effectively. So as far as I know, we're one of the only groups like ours that's out here, but I got to tell you, it's something very fun, Joe. Yeah, no question. Just looking at pictures and posts uh, from social media from yourself and the Consumer Choice Center, uh, it looks like an, an incredible experience. And, and that said, you know, pushing to have influence in the fight for global consumer choice. And uh, we all know, you know, you get a little taste of choice, you get a little taste of freedom in your life uh, here in the United States, anywhere around the world. People yearn for more of it. And that is what your mission is, is to bring more of that to uh, countries all over the world. Uh, that said, I know obviously the President Trump uh, spoke uh, earlier this week at the Economic Forum, and uh, you know we get uh, various reports from the media here in America and how he is viewed around the world. And uh, you know he's a, a billionaire himself, uh, and uh, has hung around probably with a lot of those different types of people, maybe in different uh, you know capacities throughout his life as a, as a businessman. Uh, talk about just uh, the feel that uh, the forum had when he, as the leader of the United States came and spoke earlier this week well uh, actually last year uh, we were also in davos and trump uh, had chosen not to come uh, he had to get stuff together he had to work he had to pass bills he had to do what a president does so last year he chose not to come and that changed a little bit of the dynamic but this year he was here and i have to tell you it did change a lot a lot of people were talking about it it kind of revolved around him uh, i even got to meet some protesters joe <laughs> they care all about the environment they care all about getting rid of billionaires as in existence, <laughs> and we saw a lot of them. But with Trump here, it definitely changed the mantra. He was here talking about the economy in the U.S., talking about the power of American jobs, about all the great innovations that have been coming out of our cities. And at the same time, I actually have some very good words to say that I would agree with about the prophets of doom uh, who are talking about the end of the world and climate change. And, uh, you know, even he said that there are some very big environmental concerns, but that doesn't mean that the end of the world is coming and we need to completely restructure our economies to face it. Um, so definitely that changed the mood of a lot. Um, the people who don't like the president are just not going to like him even more after this, but I think there were some very important points made. People have to concede that. You might not agree with the American president, but what he says matters and has impact. Uh, so that's definitely one thing that we saw coming from Davos. It definitely um, put everyone else who was speaking kind of, uh, we'll say, in the second tier. <laughs> so uh, ideally, we can try to get more influence as a group ourselves and get up there. But look, our goal is just to, to try to propagate our message, convince a little bit of people at a time and see what we can do. So I think it's been a success. And to, to see someone like Trump have that impact on the main stage yeah, that's something we're all shooting for one day. And, uh, of course, you know, we heard none of that uh, through reports in our own news media here throughout the course of this week. The influence the president of the United States has, no matter who it is, uh, when they speak in front of world leaders, such as those that were at the World Economic Forum this week in Davos. We're getting a live report from Switzerland here today from uh, Yael Lasowski from the Consumer Choice Center. All right, you mentioned the doomsday scenarios and uh, those folks uh, like uh, Greta Thunberg, among others, 
others who were there, you know, talking about the environment and climate change. Isn't it funny? I, I saw you post a, a little satirical cartoon this morning, all a bunch of rich billionaires flying in their private jets into the Swiss Alps uh, to enjoy, uh, you know, camaraderie and bumping in the elbows to talk about, uh, you know, which private jet is bigger. Yet it is us little peons uh, here in Wilmington, North Carolina, and another other area around the world that are the ones that are contributing to worldwide climate change. It's amazing the hypocrisy that we see from some of these so-called world leaders that we listen to on a daily basis. Yeah, definitely. It's a lot about, you know, individual choice and what you or I are doing when we drive our SUVs or we take out the trash. Uh, you know, it's, it's pretty unfortunate that we're told in many of these circumstances exactly what our economies should be, exactly what kind of bottles we should be using, what our practices should be. You know, we're not the American people are not big on being told what to do. We're big on innovation. We're big on solving problems through action. And I think that's going to happen a lot more from local towns and cities than it's going to come from a place like Davos. So I think that's something that we have to continuously push and to really have more freedom, more choice, and ability to decide locally. That's why people like you are important, Joe. That's why any activist or business person in a small town is important and hopefully we can carry that message forward well we talk about uh, you know the options in how we want to address the warming of the planet uh, you know there's no denying the fact that the planet has warmed uh, and uh, it is in likelihood that it is because of carbon emissions. At least we can agree, I think, with that fact that now, whether it is man-made, whether it is leading to the destruction of planet Earth, even though Earth has seen more greening around the world than it ever has before. So there's a lot of unsettled science in all of this, and the doomsday scenarios isn't doing anything to help us you know, make improvements to our environment or our way of life and how we consume, whether that be natural resources or you know our big gulp in a plastic cup uh, and uh, when we think about green new deal and other things that have been put forward uh, you know that is not necessarily the route we need to head in uh, doing nothing and just sitting on the sidelines is not going to do much and you mentioned it innovation technology giving people choices that is how we can move forward uh, alternative forms of clean energy natural gas uh, hydroelectricity nuclear energy you know these are all viable options why do we not want to go down this road of innovating and using our technologies uh, to tap into these vast resources that would help with co2 emissions and in turn would uh, you know maybe quiet down some of the doomsday scenarios that are, are being laid out there in front of our kids daily yeah and there's there are a lot of people who have great ideas and they're currently testing them I mean, these large-scale innovations, again, don't come from the United Nations. They don't come from one conference or another. It comes from individual people with great ideas who put that to the test. They have that entrepreneurial spirit. And that's why I have no doubt that we're going to find whatever solution to come in that time. If we were able to solve the ozone, if we've been able to solve so much of what's happening with our oceans, and we continue to, there's no doubt that that innovation can continue to happen. And what we have to do is support these people. You know, these are the people who take risks. These are the people who invest. These are the people who try to raise money. These are the people who come up with the things that many consumers like to try. And if you look at spaces like the cannabis space, if you look at what's happening with vaping, if you look at what's happening uh, specifically with a lot of great insurance with amazing bank products now that people are able to trade on the stock market and do so at almost no cost, that means ordinary middle-income people, middle-class people, can actually enjoy the fruits of their labor even more. 
And I think that's what's making our society a lot better, Joe. That's why I have a lot of hope. And even though we can't control the narrative at the World Economic Forum here in Davos, we can at least add our voice and hope that someone hears us and hopefully someone takes up that flag as well. Yael Lasowski from the Consumer Choice Center, the global grassroots movement for consumer choice around the world. They have representatives in various countries, including the U.S. ConsumerChoiceCenter.org is their website. They also host the Consumer Choice Radio Show Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock here on the Big Talker FM. Uh, Yael, I know that uh, you have also put together what is known at Davos the last uh, couple of years, something known as the Cannabis Conclave. Uh, talk about uh, cannabis, the state of uh, uh, that plant in uh, other countries around the world, specifically maybe Europe, uh, the way it is viewed in that area of the world as compared to here in the United States and uh, well, I think uh, maybe in the United States, it should be, in fact, the states that are deciding the future when it comes to uh, the utilization of cannabis, whether that be recreationally or medically. Yet we still have some very uh, strict laws uh, from the federal government uh, that uh, you know have rained down on some of these decisions uh, within the states over the years. Yeah, I think the, the biggest distinction, and you made it right there, Joe, is between medical and between recreational. And so far, globally, there's only one truly legal recreational market, and that's in Canada. Uh, we do have it in various U.S. states, but again, all these U.S. states like Colorado and Washington and Oregon and California, they're breaking federal law. So the Cannabis Conclave is an idea that we came up with last year, is to get people talking about the future of cannabis as a legitimate industry and a product that we're all going to have in our lives at some point. Um, you'll remember, we talked about it last week, it's the 100-year anniversary of prohibition of alcohol. Um, you know, who knows what's going to happen when we can get away the prohibition of cannabis. It's definitely something that for the medical industry is very interesting. A lot of people are learning so much of what can be done there. And uh, specifically with what's happening in Davos, look, people are talking about it. They're discussing it. In many European countries, they're experimenting. They're allowing uh, people to trade and to import various plants and cannabis seeds. Um, there's a big shift, and uh, hopefully we're a part of that. We can influence some minds, get people to talk about the benefits. You know, we don't need to be spending more of our tax dollars putting people in jail uh, for something that is still a plant. Uh, all things can be abused, and everyone should be moderate in what they use. Uh, but still, I think this is a very, very interesting industry. And if we were able to legalize this and do so in a very responsible way, not only would it be great for business and entrepreneurs and consumers, but we'd save billions of dollars a year. So that's why we're so excited about it. And that's why we're going to host Cannabis Conclave next year, too. Who knows, Joe? Maybe you'll be on the speaker lineup. Well, with that said, when we hear in the Tar Heel State, we think about our agriculture industry and uh, you know how that would impact, of course, if you went towards medical or legalization here in North Carolina. I know I have a certain base of our conservatives here in our, the Tar Heel State uh, that uh, could never get in line and uh, you know support something like legalization. And uh, there are consequences you know with certain actions or inactions and as you mentioned anything can be abused uh, you know look at the liquor industry and the alcohol industry and we can have that conversation all day alcohol versus pot uh, recreationally uh, you know what benefits and uh, you know detractors uh, come from the utilization of those two substances that said uh, when we look at the broader landscape uh, as you mentioned it's going to be coming down the pipeline uh, you know sooner or later one way or the other you know, what have you seen as far as negative impacts in states like Colorado uh, when it comes to 
you know, legalizing cannabis and then watching, you know, certain things play out. I know the cost of it still, if you have a local dealer, in many cases, they are competitive with the prices that they see inside these regulated stores. You then have the ability to, as you mentioned, abuse these substances. You know, have we seen negative impacts from states that have gone the legal route when it comes to the uh, use of uh, cannabis? So what we've seen from the data is that a lot of the discrepancies or a lot of the issues are happening from enforcement. And it's obviously very hard to be in a place like Colorado when you're surrounded by states where cannabis is not legal. And you do have issues of people who are going to buy many, many tons of cannabis and try to ship it to the east. And people are getting caught all the time on the interstate. Uh, There's a lot of issues there. And then if particular gangs or cartels are able to get a slice of that and are able to take the risk, there are some dangers. So a lot of that comes from enforcement. Uh, when it comes to society and all, Joe, uh, you know, one thing that's a bit different about cannabis is it's just not widespread. It's not as widespread or popular as alcohol. Um, it's never been that much a part of the broad use of society. If you think about, you know, when you want to socialize with someone, you say, hey, let's go get a beer. Um, it's not very often that you say, hey, let's go get a joint. It's always kind of been a subculture. Um, so that's why when we see the exciting things with cannabis, likely what's going to be more exciting is, as you mentioned, it's going to be the hemp farmers that are going to create the non-intoxicating parts of cannabis. And these are the more medicinal versions, the CBD, just like the shops that we see all over North Carolina. That is probably going to be way more popular because most people are not going to want to be intoxicated. They're going to want the health impact. They're going to want to be able to reduce their stress and anxiety. And if they have various areas where their joints hurt, they want to apply a certain CBD cream. I mean, this is more the stuff I think is going to really change the tide. Uh, there obviously are going to be issues when you transition to having legalization. Um, for police, it's very tough. They don't know what to do. How do you measure, um, how do you find someone who's been driving and pull them over, and what test can you give them to see how much cannabis they've had? The technology isn't there yet. So I think it's, it's really more around enforcement than around health and safety. We haven't seen too many widespread effects, uh, but again, there's still things to be studied. Overall, if we're able to use uh, less police presence, we're able to use less of our tax dollars and also invest in people and industries and all the better, I think that might be better for our people. Yael Lasowski from the Consumer Choice Center. Uh, Yael, somehow, some way, you always have a great uh, connection with uh, our phone line when you call in from other parts of around the world. And uh, in some cases, I can't even get a, a decent phone call with uh, someone down the street here in Wilmington. That amazes me. Well, that's the great part about technology, Joe. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. You can get on the horn and talk to Joe Catanacci <laughs> at Big Talker FM. I love it. Yeah, Yelisowski from the Consumer Choice Center. Hey, man, we have a date soon enough. When you get back into the Tar Heel State, uh, we're going to have a pop at one of these uh, beautiful breweries here in the Wilmington area uh, when you get down here. I'm looking forward to it. Let's make it sooner than later. Yes, sir. We'll make it happen. Thanks so much, Joe. Have a great weekend. You too. Yael Lasowski from the Consumer Choice Center. No doubt uh, one of the only, if only, person that uh, is getting actual live coverage uh, this morning from Davos uh, and uh, the World Economic Forum. Uh, We wish Yael safe travels back to Vienna with his family, and he'll be joining us once again on Friday, as he does each and every week as part of our Consumer Choice segment. Consumer Choice Radio, don't forget, airs. Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock right here on the Big Talker 106.7 FM. Great to have Yael with us this morning here on the Big Talker 106.7.